This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is seven minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call here on Sports Country Radio. TGIF, we finally got there. I appreciate you spending some time with us here this morning. NFL football last night. We've got Dan Zampano coming up at 9.15 this morning to talk about last night's game, talk about some of the other action from last week, give us his previews from this week. Uh, he or He's really struggling. <laughs> I know uh, he's on the Sunday card. He's, they've done a great job on a Sunday card uh, making their picks every week. Dan has struggled here on Sports Country Radio, so we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll of course, razz him about that when we get him on here in a few minutes. Uh, we'll start off this morning, uh, baseball news. And, my God, you hate to see it, don't you? The New York Yankees are down two games to none. To the Houston Astros. Isn't that awful? I don't know how I'm going to get through the day. But the uh, the Astros beat the Yankees yesterday 3-2. to two. Alex Bregman, the big shot in the game, a three-run home run in the third inning. It was the only runs the Astros would score the entire game. Yankees came back with two in the fourth inning, but that was it. The Yankees had just four hits in the game. Framber Valdez... Does a great job. Gives up just the four hits. He strikes out nine. Does not walk a batter. The two runs he gave up, as a matter of fact, were unearned. Of course, it was his own fault. But just saying. Uh, but outside of that, uh, he was great. And the New York Yankees continue to struggle at the plate. In their two games against the Astros, they're hitting just 138. They have struck out 30 times. 30 times in 18 innings against the Astros in these two games. The Astros have struck out just eight times. And you can say whatever you want about the New York Yankees and about Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton and the way they mash the ball, and, and there is no doubt that the Yankees can hit the baseball. But the Yankees are also the poster child for what is wrong with Major League Baseball today. It is all-or-nothing baseball for the Yankees. They have scored over half their runs on home runs. You know, they had the same issue during the regular season. If they're not hitting the ball out of the ballpark, the Yankees are not a very good team. They've got guys that strike out a ton so, you know, you can spend all the money that you want. You can have all the great pitching that you want. And uh, let's be fair. I mean, the Yankees have some good pitchers. I mean, Luis Severino was good last night with the exception of the one mistake that he made. He was good. He only gave up five hits in five and a third innings. He struck out six, walk one. Their bullpen has been pretty good most of the year. 
You know, they have gotten, you know, great performances out of Garrett Cole. They've gotten great performances. Uh, Jamison Tyon at times. Look, this team has pitching. But this is a flawed offense. You know, it's why the, the Cleveland Indians took them to the limit. A, a team with about a third of the payroll of the Yankees. Well, not a third, but, uh, you know, uh, a payroll that's that's less than half of what the Yankees spend took them to five. And it's because Cleveland can pitch. Houston can pitch. And that's going to continue to be an issue for the Yankees and why they're not going to beat Houston. Look, Houston owns the Yankees this year. They beat, they won four out of six in the regular season, and now they've won two in the playoffs. They own the Yankees. They are going to win this series. And with the Dodgers out of it, you know, uh, they may win the whole thing. I still think the Padres are the better team in the National League. We'll find out a little bit more today. Those two teams are tied at one apiece. Uh, the game tonight, game three of the series, the Yankees and the Houston have a travel day today. They go up to New York. They will play game three uh, tomorrow, game four on Friday. Look, this thing could be over on, um, on Sunday. I don't think it will be. I don't think Houston will sweep this series. I think the Yankees will win probably one of the games in New York, and they'll go back, and Houston will win it in Houston. But, you know, it's going to continue to be a problem if the Yankees, you know, their roster construction, say what you want, they just strike out too much. And Alex Bregman last night, that was his 14th home run in the playoffs. I mean, this guy is a, a clutch player. And I don't have any love for the Houston Astros. I have no dog in this hunt. My attitude in the playoffs is, uh, if the Red Sox aren't in it, my attitude in the playoffs is anybody but the Yankees. <laughs> and you know what? And, and But believe it or not, and it's not just because I'm a Red Sox fan. It's If you're not a Yankee fan, you root against the Yankees. The Yankees are a polarizing team. So are the Red Sox. So are the Dodgers. So are the teams that spend a lot of money, and so are the teams that win all the time. Just like the Dallas Cowboys have been a polarizing team in the NFL. You don't see many people going, hey, what do you think about the Cowboys? You don't see many people going, meh. It's usually you like the Cowboys or you hate the Cowboys. You like the Patriots or you hate the Patriots. You know, those teams that have had a reputation through the years, and let's be fair, Dallas hasn't been very good for a while. But, boy, back when I was growing up, you know, 70s and 80s, the Cowboys were a train you know, and so it was, uh, you know, that was the team that you love to hate. And look, you know, uh, it, it, when they go into the offseason, they're going to re-sign Aaron Judge. There's no way they're going to let the guy walk. But they have got to figure out a way to construct this roster so they make more contact. You know, uh, it, it's okay when you're running through the regular season and you're playing teams that aren't very good, and you get a chance to have these guys go up against uh, the fourth and fifth starters on a team, and they tee off on them. But when you get in the playoffs and you are essentially facing the top three starters on, on, a, on a very good team and the top guys in their bullpen on a regular basis, that's when the flaws really show up. That's when you can tell how well-constructed a team is. 
And, yep, Yankees can hit the crap out of the ball. No question about that. But they can strike out at a record pace. And they have. And, you know, and and 30 strikeouts in the first two games to eight for Houston. That's all you need to know. And that's the reason why they're down in a 2-0 hole. It is 14 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dan Zampano joins us to talk NFL football. Back in a minute, you're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 16 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Friday morning. And as we are uh, every Friday, we are thrilled to be joined by Dan Zampano. Dan, good morning. Thanks for getting up early. And we've got some uh, big news to start our uh, Friday morning off with. Well, it's always good when we have big news. It gets the energy, the blood flowing. You know, I'm an absolutely, I hate mornings. So the fact that I do this show is a minor miracle. But <laughs> just for you, of course, the king, you know, yeah. as always, of, of the station, I will do it. And I love it when we get big news like this in the middle of the year. Yeah, I mean, uh, Christian McCaffrey, there's been rumors that the Panthers were going to trade him. And look, uh, uh, it's obvious that that team has become a train wreck. Uh, the, the, the coaching situation being what it is, uh, the, the quarterback situation being what it is. So I think this was – you hate to see this if you're a Panther fan, but at the same time, isn't it kind of a no-brainer? This is really – you've got to hit the reset button, and this is an opportunity for them to do it. Well, I think you can see it both ways from Carolina's perspective is saying, well, we just fired our coach. I mean, obviously, you know, we're, we're packing it in. Baker's hurt. We're packing it in. Not that that made a real difference anyway. Right, right. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, you, you got to have a reason to come to the game. And Robbie Anderson, he's gone. Christian McCaffrey now, he's gone. I mean – aren't you just tanking for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or one of those guys? I mean, you know, it's kind of sad because now you're just like, okay, well, the season's over. I mean, I, I, tell me how many – if your team plays at Carolina this week, you might as well – like, you could go for free because there's nobody to watch on that team, honestly. Well, right. There's nobody to watch. From, from, and I know you'll get to it, uh, but from San Francisco's perspective, I think it's fantastic. Well, I mean, the, the fact that, you know, the running game has been struggling. I mean, they've got Debo Samuel that they, you know, they use in uh, different ways. But with Elijah Mitchell out, this was, I mean, this re- puts his, pushes the reset button for the San Francisco 49ers. You know what it does, Gene, to me? I'll be honest with you. For years, I said, God, if Christian McCaffrey was in San Francisco, they would just be is almost unbeatable. They have Debo, have Ayuk, they have Kittle. And look, they're hurt right now. They, they are not even healthy. Once they right. get healthy, they get Trent Williams back, they get McGlinchey uh, off, of, off of his injury. Their defense is really banged up, but it sounds like some guys are going to come back this week. When they get healthy and this team is full and ready to roll, uh, I, I don't see it any other way. They're going. They're going to the bowl. They're going to Arizona. I mean, I, I, I really think that. They are, they are ready to, to, to take the step. This is the all-in thing, the last piece to the puzzle. They haven't had a ultimately, – ultimately, they haven't had a guy in the backfield that was as reliable and as skillful as this guy that they can also put in. They now have two Debo Samuels in retrospect, and now they have two Christian McCaffreys, guys that can run and guys that can catch the football and run at the same time and run routes. I mean, this is very, very scary. And guess what? When Elijah Mitchell does come back, Elijah Mitchell, I mean, was one of the most productive running backs in the league when he was on the field. He just couldn't stay healthy. 
Now at least you have a backup plan to the plan that you have now, and the backup plan is actually really, really good. Uh, the depth on this team is ridiculous. They have the best defense in the league. The, the only question mark, I guess, is quarterback, but look, they've been to an NFC title game. They've been to a Super Bowl with this guy. I don't see any reason why San Francisco shouldn't be the favorite now. Well, I guess the big question is, though, how healthy is Christian McCaffrey? I mean, he's he's obviously had struggled with some injuries this year. He's you know it was a problem last year. So I mean, it's they said it's not going to be finalized till there's a physical. But how healthy do you think he really is? Well, I mean, he's healthy enough to go down there, and apparently he's going to play. From what my understanding was from the news this morning, from Adam Schefter, who said that if he plays, which he is likely to do, he will be in a red zone package. Okay, and then they will work their way up from there. So. You know, uh, look, the sky is the limit with the amount of things that you can do. Like, people were all up in arms, and I'm going to pick on them again because I don't like them, is the <laughs> Dolphins. People were all all up in arms about Hill and Waddle and this whole speed, speed, speed. Right. Not only do you have speed, but you have, like, elite, elite pass-catching, running, like, cutting ability that is going to be incredibly difficult to stop. And the, the two most difficult guys in the league to tackle – maybe outside of Alvin Kamara and Henry, are, are Samuel and McCaffrey. I mean, they're really hard. They're really hard to tackle. So I, I just I can't say enough about how smart this is. And, you know, for San Francisco, it's not like they haven't gotten comp picks. I mean, they've used the comp picks that they've gotten from coaches leaving right. to be able to get this. So it's a great, great move by them. It's very shrewd by John Lynch. All right, uh, let's get to uh, last night's game. And my first question is, I mean, look. Uh, Do we have to? Well, <laughs> you know, the, the only reason I want to talk about it is, does this take some of the heat off of Cliff Kingsbury winning last night? No. No. I mean, look, they be look, they got Hopkins <laughs> back. That's the reason. Like, yes, well, like that's true. They got true. Hopkins back, yeah. and, and, and that made their offense go. And, like, we forget how good he is. Right. New Orleans didn't have Marshawn Lattimore. They didn't have their best corner. I mean, they didn't have Michael Thomas. Like, I mean, like they, again, it's amazing to me how much time that guy misses. I mean, there was a great tweet last night said, look, Brian Robinson of the Commanders got shot four times. He's back in six weeks. <laughs> this guy's not playing because this guy's not playing because his toe hurts. I mean, that oh. is just it's totally ridiculous to me. So, yeah, <laughs> to me, it's 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 crazy. That was just. Two bad teams playing each other. I don't yeah. give any credit, really. I mean, Hopkins is going to create some problems, and like having him back, like will give them a boost. But this team is, you know, it may be too hey, little, too late for them. I, I just don't see it. Hey, look, uh, look. I know the Saints. You know, they didn't have their, their neither of their starting cornerbacks played last night. They've got a bunch of injuries. Uh, Michael Thomas didn't play. Um, but what's wrong? Uh, is it just injuries? Is that what's wrong with this New Orleans Saints team? Or is it is it the quarterback? What's wrong? What happened? They don't have an offense. I mean, it's unbelievable. At least an, I, I, at least, at least an identity on offense. But how, can you, like you but, yeah, but how can you not have an offense? Just the fact that you've got Alvin Kamara on that team. How can you not have an offense? Gene, are they a passing team or are they I don't, Jason Hill? Like, well, I, yeah, what are they? I don't think what they are, know. Like, what yeah. are they? Right, I get it. Like, I, I mean, I, I, they don't know. Carmichael has been with Peyton for a long time, and now Peyton's gone, and it seems like, you know, they've, they've kind of done the creativity that they've had with Peyton yeah. is now just becoming the same old song and dance. I mean, they're just doing the same thing. Taysom Hill is another touchdown last night. 
Um, but look, the, the whole problem, obviously, last night, and the reason why they lost is because Andy Dalton did three interceptions yeah. in the first half. Two picks. And two of them got returned for touchdowns. Right. You know, and Marquez Callaway has one go off his hands. He has a, uh, and, and for a pick six, he has another ball that he drops on the sideline, and the very next play, they get picked off and it goes for a touchdown. I mean, they, they send the Cardinals, if you're a Saints fan, send the Cardinals, I'm sorry, if you're a Cardinals fan, Send Andy Dalton and Marquez Callaway a fruit basket because they gave you three <laughs> gifts left. Well, all right. Um, interesting uh, comment I saw, and, and it was kind of a throwaway comment, but I'm curious if you heard this. Uh, Travis Kelsey made uh, a comment, you know, and, and you had brought up about, you know, the Miami Dolphins and Tyreek Hill going there. And, you know, Kansas City may be looking for a wide receiver. And a comment made by Travis Kelsey essentially that, hey, look, I re- reworked my contract. This might be a good way to get Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, in Kansas City, almost like he was kind of lobbying for that. Is, is Odell Beckham Jr. Um, a, a good solution for the Kansas City Chiefs? I think he would be fantastic in Kansas City. It would be very, very scary coming out of the slot. They would have explosiveness again, which is what they are missing. Right. And and they don't have an explosive player. And if Odell provides that, if he is healthy, and I think that he is, and he works as hard as anybody, he is a, contrary to popular belief, and and from people that I know that have been close to him, uh, he is an excellent teammate. He is an excellent teammate, contrary to popular belief, and he works harder than anybody in the building. So from what I know and from people that I know that have been around him, that is 100% true, that, that he is, he is going to work harder than anybody to get back and come back stronger than ever. You saw it, Gene. I mean, if he doesn't get hurt in that Super Bowl, he's the MVP of that Super Bowl. Right. It was yeah, common. True. Yeah, that's It true. was common. Yep. So, you know, I, I love that for Kansas City. It gives them the, their explosion back. Um, and, and you look at, you know, last week's kind of the marquee game with, with uh, Josh Allen and the Kansas City Chiefs and – um, you know, I think those two teams are on a collision course uh, for the Super Bowl, don't you? I mean, I I think they're going to have to meet to see who's going to the Super Bowl. I I don't I think they are far and away the two best teams in the American Conference. Look, we we decided on the on the Sunday card this week we were going to tier the league. Yeah, and I had two I had two teams in my AFC Super Bowl contenders, and it's Kansas City and Buffalo because every other team because it has issues in some area. These yep. two teams really don't have too many issues. They, they know what they are. They have experience. They've gone deep in the playoffs. They've made big runs, and they have two quarterbacks that are just playing the best of any two quarterbacks in the league right now. So, to me, I think it's obvious. I think they are on a collision course unless something changes. I got a question for you. And, and uh, look, Rob Gronkowski is one of the greatest tight ends we have ever seen, right? Um, yep. Is Travis Kelsey better? No, you don't think so. And the reason, and the reason being, is because Travis Kelsey. I don't want to be like you know. Travis Kelsey is a great tight end. Okay, great tight end. Travis Kelsey plays flag football. He <laughs> he he catches. He gets yeah, open. Right. He gets open. Right. He'll break a tackle here or there, you know, and and do really well. He's a great runner with the ball in his hands. He's very fast. Right. Um, but Gronkowski does everything. He, Gronkowski, he, the right. size, yep. the speed, okay. the 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 girth of him, and the blocking ability is what gives it for me. If if Kelsey blocked like Kittle blocked, right. he would be he would definitely you know probably challenge Gronk. Okay, but Gronk just does everything so well. Okay, all right, that's fair. I just you know he's one of those guys that you can't take your eyes off when they play. 
You know, I mean, he just yeah, he's hard to cover. Yeah, <laughs> he's hard to cover because of his his speed at his size. You don't expect it, right? Uh, so you know that, and and of course, Mahomes getting the ball out to him is also a benefit. But now it's like if they get Odell, all of a sudden his attention, be, uh, you know, gives Kelsey a chance to get open again. Right, he has been. You know, quieter. Yeah, he had a four touchdown game against the Raiders. He had twenty five yards. Well, I think he had. You know, a, he I had mean, a, and he had over a hundred. He had over a hundred yards last week against Buffalo. And he did, and he did, and they found ways to get him open. I think Buffalo has had some issues in the secondary, and that's that's part of the reason why. But yeah, he's still very viable tight end. It's probably you know top two tight end in the league, no question about it. But to me, at this point, you know, you want to talk about greatest of all time. You, you got to do it all, and Gronk did that. Okay, that's fair. All right, well, let's segue from Gronk to the Patriots and the Patriots with an absolutely dominating performance last week. And as you called it, this soft spot of the uh, the Patriots' schedule, this was like what the one game in that soft patch where you said, hmm, this could be a problem. Uh, well, no problem. Uh, that was uh, – look, I mean uh, – Zappy, the legend of Zappy continues to grow in New England, but it looks like that is coming coming to an end this week. But man, I tell you what, that kid did a hell of a job last week uh, controlling that game. He was awesome. Yeah, he was awesome. I mean, he he really next level. Throw. He's a natural guy in the pocket, natural passer, yep. can move in the pocket. Like kind of feels pressure really well. Yep, and 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 and, and does well stepping up, moving left to right. Not going to really take off and run too much, but you know, I, I thought that the Patriots now getting another guy that they got back to, Tyquan Thornton. I, I thought that they they needed to get him involved. He had a great game in the start. The speed is definitely there. He'd be a great guy to replace a guy like Aguilar. Yep. Um, they got the tight ends involved, which was great. And even without Damian Harris, I mean, again, the best player on that offense is Ramondre Stevenson. I'll keep saying it and saying it and saying it. He didn't have a great game, but he made the the, the runs that he needed to, even the offensive line didn't have a great game, but the the running game was able again to set up Zappy for play action. And he delivered full throttle. He was, what do you have? 111 passer rating. Yeah. I mean, he, 118. Was, he was incredible. 118. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's really hard to do. Let alone for a rookie quarterback in his second start. Well, uh, so that's, that's really impressive. Now the other thing I liked was the fact that, that he hit seven different receivers. You know, in this game, it wasn't like he locked on to one guy. I mean, he had he had kind of fallen in love with Jacoby Myers. He kind of became his uh, his go to guy. But I like the fact that he's you know, and and hey, they got the tight end involved last week. How about that? Yeah, yeah, and now a miracle has happened. That's what twelve and a half million dollars is supposed to get you, Gene. Uh, but to me, what was more impressive, honestly, Gene, in last week's game, yeah. They held the rushing game of the Browns to seventy yards. Well, that was that I was mean, that's where I was going next. Is you know and and that's, right, and I'm sure. Yeah, I mean that's something they were struggling with, and you know you held Nick Chubb down to to you know fifty six yards, and Kareem Hunt was an, a non factor. Oh, by the way, Lawrence Guy, right? Without Christian Barmore for the second half, right? I mean that's very impressive to do. For me too, it's like Stefanski cannot be more stupid. I mean to come out in a. <laughs> Empty set shotgun. When you're the best running team in the league, yep. you come out an empty set shotgun with Jacoby Brissett. Oh, I'm shaking in my boots that Jake Brisket's going to out throw us. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. and the, what the second second throw of the game, Kyle Duggar picks it off. You know, and and again, they didn't have Jonathan Jones either. Right. I mean, they were this was a depleted defense, and they put up that performance. I mean, 
Very impressive. Very impressive. Uh, P's and P's for Justin Fields on Monday night. That's all I'll say. If, uh, if, if you had to pick one thing that maybe was concerning for the Patriots last week, again, uh, too many penalties. 12 penalties last week, yep. 100 yards. I mean, that's just that's too much. And right tackle is still concerned. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, he was like, that was... Man, uh, the revolving door, yeah. uh, who uh, we know who it is. Yeah. Uh, he who will not be named. Uh, and But even Marcus Cannon did not did not really perform up to spot. I'll tell you something, man. Miles Garrett is such a beast. I mean, he is uh, just the elite of the elite, really. And he'll take over. When Aaron Donald is, is gone, and, and really Aaron Donald is not phasing his way out. He's still a great player, but, you know, he's probably on the latter half of his career. When he's when he's out, Garrett is like, you know, he might already be the guy, to be honest with you. He's, yeah. just, he's just such a good player for his size. He's incredible. Let's uh let's move on to Baltimore. Let's uh yeah. let's talk about those five and one New York Giants. Um, and look, and, and and I remember you saying to me last week, uh, talking about you know the Giants' defensive coordinator could be the difference in this game. Now it still didn't give you the guts to pick the Giants to win this game. <laughs> I'm just going to point that out. No, but at what point do you say, Dan? This Giants team is for real. Are they for real, or is or are they just still pretending? Well, I think it speaks to coaching, and uh, coaching can cover up a lot of things. And and Dable and Kafka and Wink Martindale have done an incredible job. Yep, there's no question. But when you look in the advanced analytics team, they're still an average football team. Okay, they're just still an average football team. They have been winning games when they have been getting down by double digits. Right, and, and that is just not a formula for success. Right, I got to give them credit for for fighting through those things. That is class. This is classic Giants. Um, a, a Giants good teams do not really dominate. They since the eighties, uh, you know, they typically are grinded out teams that find ways to win in very odd and unique ways. And <laughs> you know, if if it, it, it blows my mind talking about it because I have Giants fans crawling so far up my you know rectum about this whole thing i'm sorry for the graphic but like you know they are just all over me and i would just keep saying look like congratulations you won the games like i just don't think it's sustainable well like, it's just not a sustainable product and, and i still think dallas and philly are better than them in that division so I, I can't explain it to you outside of their coaching schemes have been outstanding. Well, it, look, here's here's the things. You know, look, they only had 238 yards of offense last week, so it wasn't like this right. was some dynamic offense. I mean, they they made a couple of big plays in the fourth quarter when they needed to, um, but you know, they didn't hurt themselves with penalties. They only had three penalties the entire game. They did control uh, the time of possession, kept the ball out of Baltimore's hands. You know, and and so, I mean, I guess you look at that and you say, well. What is it you always say, Dan? Defense wins championships. I mean, do you have to give you probably have to give yeah. the credit more to the Giants' defense than the offense here? No question, right? Well, I, I, definitely, but I would say this: they are doing a great job of not losing games, <laughs> right? And the rest of the teams that they are playing are doing a great job of losing them. So, okay. you know, I get it. It's it's not pretty. You will take every win you can get, and you can come at my throat all you want. I'm just telling you. I don't think it's sustainable, and I still, even though they're 5-1, I still have a hard time seeing them making the playoffs. Daniel Jones made a comment this week, and he said, you know, it's kind of hard not to think about the fact that, you know, 
I don't have a contract at the end of this year, and you know I don't know what the future looks like. Um, I mean, for well, that guy to say that is yeah. ridiculous. Well, I mean, he yeah. has not like there is. <laughs> he has made plays, but he is not the reason that they <laughs> they could get so much better of a quarterback oh. and be even better than they are. You it is a joke that he would say something like that. You didn't even let me get to the question because that's exactly where I was going. It was like you know yeah. he, he says that, but you look at his numbers and you go, "Hey, dude, you're like." Not even probably an average quarterback, you know, or maybe you're maybe you're mid, maybe you're mid pack, maybe, um, you know. So it seems like uh, I don't think that the Giants are going to re-sign this guy. Why would they? I don't, There's no reason to. Right. Well, although, although they could be screwing up their draft position if they continue doing what they're doing. Uh, I mean, look, they, they've gotten they, they've gotten some picks from some other people. They can move around. They'll have they'll have some chances, but they, they're building out this roster for the field. Like they're doing it correctly. Yeah. This is not the year for them to to go on this giant you know playoff. I just don't do not see it again. I, I don't see it, and it is a great chance for them, obviously, to get some experience in, in going after the playoffs. Like you'll be happy. You'll you'll have a great year. It'll be a fun year. Uh, but again, uh, this is one two years away from really being a good team so i gotta i gotta take you to task a little bit more because i love doing this um oh i know you do <laughs> one, one, one of your uh one of your your big picks this year for the playoffs and the super bowl the, the jacksonville jaguars mm. and last week we had a comment remember indianapolis was favored in this game and your comment to me was why you know and and what what have they done and you know what has frank reich done and yada yada and yet they come out last week and they did a good job winning a game at home, and uh, Ryan turns back the clock a little bit, throws for 389 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. I mean, look, uh, it's and it's not like Trevor Lawrence was bad, but this Jacksonville Jaguar defense got shredded last week. Yeah, I mean they didn't they didn't get the opportunities that they had got been getting you know early in the year uh, to turn the ball over. And, you know, I think the ball just kind of bounced the Colts way. I mean, let's be honest, Gene. This took a off-the-back-foot 30-yard pass right. at the end of the game for right. the Colts to win that game. Yep. I mean, I, I get it. Like, the Colts played a lot better. But I, I still don't see anything with the Colts that, that tells me that they're a good team, even though they're in a bad division. Jacksonville needs to find a way to win that game. And, and they, they are still young and inexperience, and they're going to learn from this experience. I still have faith that they can get this done. They're only, what, a game out yeah. of, of, of first place with the Colts and the Titans. So, you know, one of those two teams is going to lose this weekend. So, you know, I, I still have faith in them. They just need to mature a little bit more. They, they're they getting out ahead of their skis, too. I, I kind of have them in the same spot as the Giants is saying, you know, they are an average football team, but average might win that division game. It could, yeah, it's it could. Not good. Yeah, so. it could. You're right. Uh, all right. Uh, panic at the frozen tundra in Green Bay. What <laughs> in the hell is going on in Green Bay? And and by the way, I mean, look, I Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think is you know trying to do too much right now. I think he figures like the only way they're going to win is on him. But how can you have running backs like like Jones and Dylan? and run the ball as poorly as the Packers are running the football right now. I don't understand it. Yeah. I just don't understand it. They, they just aren't getting – the blocking schemes are not there for them. Uh, they have good linemen. They're just not running it and executing it well. They're not, it, it forces them to kind of throw it, not set up play action. I mean, the run game is what LaFleur's 
system thrives upon, and the Jets just came in and, and shut it down. Now, granted, should the Packers have lost that game, you know, a blocked punt for a touchdown, and, you know, if you look at the box score, this was pretty even game, like, and the Packers really right. probably outplayed the Jets at the end of the day. The, the, the box score, you know, is a box score. Right. The scoreboard is the scoreboard. And, you know, again, I think the Packers are actually really close. As crazy do, do as you? that sounds. Really? Okay. They're really close to, to figuring it out. And I, and I think that they're, they're, they are on the cusp. And, and look, he said it this week, Rodgers. I mean, he said, like, look, we're not losing any confidence over this. Like, yeah, we played two bad games in the second half of those games. And we got to come together as a team. There's no question, but we have not lost any confidence. And I, I, I'll be, I like a Rogers' attitude towards what they're doing. He said it before. He'll say it again. R e l a x. Relax. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Well, and you know what? It's funny you say the game was even when you when you do look at the box score. It was dead even. Each team only 278 yards of offense, but they had the same number. The dif- yeah. difference was that the Jets ran 16 more plays in this game than the uh, than the Packers they did. did. But the Jets, look at the Jets' third down conversion. I mean, how did they win right. with yeah. those third down conversions? Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. What was it, three for 13 well, or something crazy like I'll that? T- or, uh, for third down, they were one for 11. Oh, my goodness. I mean, how do you, how do you win a game? One for 11. Going one well, for 11 on third. I mean, that's well, incredible. The Packers weren't much better. They were four for 16. You know, they, I mean, still, though, 25% versus what? Yeah, nine? Nine. My nine. goodness gracious. <laughs> Well, uh, but you know, I just, I just wish. I well, no, I don't wish. I, I, I was going to say I wish I still lived in New England so I could listen to WFAN. But you've got the two New York teams; they combine nine and three. They're just absolutely giddy in New York. All yeah. right, uh, yeah. Start, start, start the parade down the avenue of the Americas. It's, it's coming. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get to the Tampa Bay Bradys. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about this. I'm sure you do. Uh, Tough loss last week. Tom Brady, a little bit of a meltdown on the sideline, uh, you know, barking at his at his teammates. And his teammates, you know, during the week saying, hey, we actually love that he does this. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it, they so they're at least company line. They're saying, you know, we like his fire. We got no issues with this. Uh, Brady this week, by the way, says he has no plans to retire anytime soon. I don't know whether anytime soon means because there's been people speculating he's going to step down in the middle of the season, which I think is ludicrous. Um uh, but how concerned are you about this Tampa Bay team? I'm not concerned necessarily about the team on the field. Okay. Uh, I think they can find ways to win. What my main concern is, is Brady bought in? Like, is he bought into the team, or is he bought into the idea of himself leading the team? Hmm. And and hmm. And to me... Like, look at everything that transpired last week. The guy doesn't practice on Wednesdays anymore. Mm-hmm. He goes to Robert Kraft's wedding with all the other Patriots right, that right, were there right. uh, over the weekend. Doesn't go to the Saturday walkthrough. Then is yelling at his teammates on the sideline. Fine, like that, that is what it is. My more concern was that there was an injury timeout, and he's uh, like every single player on the, on both teams. They have a guy carted off the field, and they're all like, you know, making sure he's okay. This guy is. 20 yards downfield practicing his throws. I mean, I get it. Like, you know, he's obsessed with getting better each and every day. I get that. But with everything going on externally, the family, him seemingly not caring 
about the fact that his family is being torn apart uh, and trying to keep those private things and dealing with them as, as it's dealt with. I'll be honest, Gene, mark it down. I don't know. It was October 21st, 2022. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm late to the party because I've been a fan of this guy for 20 years. He is becoming incredibly unlikable as a human being. Wow. He is just, he is becoming, and this is going to sound very bad, but I'm going to say it. He is becoming LeBron James light. Yeesh. No, that, that is what he's becoming. Now, honestly, he is out of touch. He is not, it's not obsession anymore. It seems to me like addiction to the game. And, and I'm not sure if he really honestly wants to be there or wants the elitist status of knowing that he is, you know, the greatest of all time and this, that, and the other. And, you know, he, 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 he kind of has this thing about him that what is driving this guy to play this game to the extent that he is willing to give up his, his family for it yeah. and all those external things. And is he bought into the actual team? I have no doubt that Tom Brady can lead this team to a Super Bowl. So I completely believe that, but from an optics perspective, it looks really bad. And it looks incredibly unlikable. The plastic surgery, the, the constant, you know, now he's doing the military comments and all that stuff. Like right. it is, it is not, uh, I think he has a warped view of like life and reality. And that's what's concerning more to me than his play on the field. I, I, I'm absolutely stunned. I'm hearing you say these things. I, 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 but, and by the way, I don't think you're wrong. Um, you know, and I've always been a fan of Brady's as well, but I, I, I think that, um, I, I, I'd like to think that if it were me or you and all that stuff that was going on with, and I, and it was like, Hey, I've had this kind of a career and I could lose my family. I think I'd choose family over my career, but you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I've never been handed that kind of money or had that kind of talent, but I'd like to think that as a human being, it would, I would choose my family over that and maybe maybe that's where the kind of the distaste is coming from, from a lot of people. Yeah. And I think he has a lot of yes men around him. That's probably what I'm thinking. He's got his own camp. He's above, he knows he's above everybody, everybody else. Right. You know, but the greatest thing that made Tom Brady was his willingness to be coached. Right. And, and, and right now he's the coach. maybe he's at a level where he's like, I don't need it. Yeah, I, don't, I am the right. coach. I should be the GM. I'm, I'm right. LeBron James. And, in the same exact area, you know, yeah. it's just what it is. Interesting. I hadn't thought about it quite like that, but that's uh, well, it, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, let's stay in that division. Um, and and uh, and the reason I want to stay in that division is, you know, you made a comment early in the season. Hey, look, you know, this this Falcons team is going to win some games. They're not, you know, they're not great, but they're going to win some games. Well, here they are, right now. I mean, not that it's. I mean, it's way early, but they're tied for the division lead. In the South, I mean, I don't have any illusions that they're going to win this. But, look, uh, Marcus Mariota is making the best of his second chance uh, with, uh, you know, having a chance to to make a name for himself in the NFL. And uh, uh, it is paying dividends for this Atlanta Falcons team right now. A hundred percent. And I give a lot of the credit to Arthur Smith because if you can find ways to complete seven passes and win a football game, and throw 14 passes and win a football game. Right. You're doing something really interesting and special. Like right. you really are. Like like the, the the they are obviously depleted of talent, 
right. especially on the defensive side of the football. Yep. But if they had a little bit of talent, this would be a really good team. Yeah. And this would be a dynamic team. It would be a team that would be difficult to prepare for, similar to Philadelphia. Um, I, I think that the Falcons are really taking a step in the right direction. Something that I truly did not expect, honestly, in the beginning of the year. I thought they would be in games. Now, as the season goes on, I think they're going to win some games that they probably shouldn't win. Can they sustain it? That is a great question because the good teams sustain. Right. Right now, they're probably a middling team. I have this category in our tiers that we're going to do called middlers and riddlers. And it is middling teams that really should be much better than they are. Yeah. And teams that are just a riddle wrapped in a mystery. I mean, they, and the Falcons are right there in that category. Right. So okay. I, I think they're taking steps in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at them and, and it's kind of in some respects, uh, what they're doing is very similar to what the Jets and the Giants are doing. You know, I mean, right. you, you know, you look at the box score and you go, well, how'd they win this game? <laughs> you know, and, and but they're making the plays when they need to make them. And they're, you know, and they're getting just enough stops uh, to win the game. But I just I was impressed. We're going to find out. We're going to find out in three weeks whether these teams are, are good or not. Now, everybody think, doesn't think they are. We're going to find out in three weeks whether they're for real. OK, OK, that's fair. That's fair. Before we get to the picks for this week, uh, one more uh, comment about uh, last week I want to get from you. Uh, Jalen Hurts did not have his best game last week, really, when you look when you look at the numbers. Yet that mm-hmm. was a dominating performance by you know the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't you know I mean I know the Giants. I mean I mean I know the Cowboys made it close in the fourth quarter, but that that is there was nothing that I saw last week that didn't tell me that you're 100 percent right that the Eagles might indeed be the best team in the NFC. Yeah, and for me, I think it is the scheme that really helped them this week. I think Sirianni was on one. Because if you look at the game, he basically isolated Micah Parsons to say, we're not even going to block you. We're just going to make you make decisions and make you move. Right. And, and you got to choose one or the other. We're going to come right at you. And, and they isolated him. They blocked everybody else and said, we're singling him out. And they would do the RPO. He'd be the read linebacker, and they'd either run it or pass it. Um, most of the time it was a run and then they started tagging a, a, a backside, you know, drag route on right behind him and force him. Hey, now I'm going to keep it. And I'm hurt, but now you got to defend me or you got to defend the pass. Right. What are you going to do? And then, you know, design run, design run, bang. I mean, it was gold. It was perfect. What they did. AJ Brown was a beast. They have nobody that can cover him. Um, he's really, really thrived in this offense. Look, like I told you, if they're playing on all cylinders, what they really need to improve on, though, is second half. It needs to be sustained a little better. Okay. Like they, they need to finish finish teams off a little better uh, than they've been doing, especially offensively. Don't sit on your laurels. That's Go for it because nobody, no team in the playoff is going to let you just sit on your laurels. That's that you got Brady, you got the the 49ers are super physical. You got Rodgers that you might have to deal with. You've got some really talented quarterbacks that are not just going to sit down in the, in the third or fourth quarter and let you just win this game. They're going to come back on you. So that's my improvement. But, yeah, right now, I mean, hard to say. I still – now San Francisco, if, if all is healthy and good, I think they're the best team. But Philly has proven so far in the current status that they are the best team. And if you're a Dallas fan, you can't be too upset here. You're 4-2 and two without your starting quarterback, right? You got through it with Cooper Rush at 4-2. and two. And now Dak Prescott's coming back this week. So if you're a Dallas fan, you're not exactly, you know, ready to jump off a building here. No, no, no. But I will say this. There is a little concern. 
is is the concern that Dallas and McCarthy and Moore will go back to what they were doing with Dak now that he is back. Right. And they they changed a lot of what they were doing for Cooper Rush. Right. And it all worked. It worked, yes. They should really keep doing it. They should really keep doing it okay. because it'll work. All right. All right, let's get to the picks for this week. Dan, I know you guys are having a hell of a year on the Sunday card, but, man, you took a hit last week. You were 2-5 and five here last week. Two. Yo, you're, what are we doing? You're 20-22 and 22 for the season here. This is not good. Hey, Hey, as Bruce Arians says, no risk it, no biscuit. Come on, we gotta get up. We gotta get after. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's get uh, let's get started. Uh, interesting game this week at Jacksonville. The Giants five and one at a Jacksonville team that has got to figure things out in a hurry if they are going to uh, be uh, a playoff team like you think that they are. Jacksonville is a three point favorite at home. I hate this game. This game stinks. <laughs> this game is a landfill game because. I mean, look at the look at the fan bases that are going to be. You got Duval fan base, yep. and then half of this game is going to be filled with Giants fans. So, right. you know, this game just it makes no sense that the Giants are are underdogs. So I'm going to assume that somebody knows something we don't know. Um, I, I'm going to take the Jaguars to win by a touchdown here and 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 get this win. I think the Giants. I, I, I feel like I'm late to the party if I take the Giants and, and then they'll just flip around on me. So I'm going to stick with my principles and go Jags. Um, interesting game this week in a in a mediocre division. The Indianapolis Colts are at Tennessee with a win. Indianapolis could move into first place in the AFC that is, AFC South. How about that? Tennessee is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That is stunning to me. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. They have just not played well at all. Vrabel off a bye with an extra week to prepare for a team that he already knows really well. I'm taking the Titans all day long here. They're at home. They'll be more physical. Uh, this is going to be a good spot, I think, for for Tennessee to, to kind of stretch out, stretch their wings a little bit. Tennessee's one of those teams, they whistle while they work. They just, they just keep on grinding <laughs> as they go. And, you know, I, I think that they're a team that also likes to hold on to the lead and, and scare the living daylights out of you. Um, but they do win at the end of the day. So I like the Titans here. My guess is these two teams are going to be middlers and riddlers, and that is the Atlanta Falcons at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. That seems a little, a little high to me. Yeah, but the Bengals, here's the thing. The Bengals' defense has played a lot better, okay. a lot better the last few weeks. They're starting to get up in a lot of statistical categories. Jesse Bates has played better. They're getting more play from the, from the, from the rush. Um, to me, Atlanta, again, another hard game. I, I, I do agree with you. I think the points, I, you know, you might venture on taking Atlanta. They're 6-0 against the spread. I mean, that's incredible. Wow. But they, that, that, you know, that, they're the only team in the league that's done that, and nobody does that. So, I do think Atlanta is prime here to, to probably cover the number. I just I think Cincinnati's starting to figure some things out with Burrow and Chase and getting that connection back online. So I will take the the Bengals here to win the game. Not sure about the spread. I think well the other thing the Bengals have done is they've kept Burrow upright a little bit better than they did earlier in the yep, season. That's true. All right. Uh next one. Another uh I have a. This could be an absolute turd of a game. I'm sorry, no other way to put it. Uh, the Jets are at Denver. Denver's a, Denver's a one and a half point favorite. We don't know how healthy Russell Wilson is, uh, and I don't know if the hamstring's been the issue for him all year. But he stunk. He has stunk. He has. He has. He played a great first half in the Monday night game, and then he just stunk it up the yep. rest of the game. Yep. I mean, it was. 
It was brutal. But now you got the Jets, and the Jets, look, they got guys asking to be traded. Their, their offense is still, like, you know, a slog fest. They can run the oh, football. Yeah. Well, and by the way, by the way, the over-under in this game is the lowest in the NFL this week. 38-and-a-half is the over-under in this one. Well, I'll tell you why, Gene, because the weather is going to be so horrible in Denver. They're talking about wind of up to 40 miles an hour. Really? On Sunday. Oh. Uh, yeah, and and possible rain showers as well in the area. So the, the, they have a 20-degree drop from kickoff to the fourth quarter. Yikes. I mean, it's going to be wicked. And, and okay. let alone dealing with it in mile high, that's going to be very difficult. So the best unit on the field is the Denver defense. Yep. We have to trust them. I know it sucks because the Jets really are, you know, playing well. Honestly, if it's Brett Rippon, I'm almost more comfortable with it, with, with Denver at this point. So if he plays and not, not Russell, I'll go Denver. I'll go Denver. I don't know how they're going to win it. It might be 9-6. to six. It might be Yale-Harvard 1933 with leather helmets in this game. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's going to be just brutal. So uh, give me the Broncos. Uh, a Super Bowl rematch this week and, pot- and potentially a Super Bowl preview. The Kansas City Ooh. Kansas City Chiefs at the San Francisco 49ers. The Chiefs are a two and a half point favorite. You know what we do here? We love that boy Kyle Shanahan at home as I a know, dog. I know. And you we do. love Jimmy G as a dog. We love him. He's Jimmy G is sixteen and four against the spread as a home underdog. That is just incredible to me in his career. I love the 49ers here. They're a more physical football team. Buffalo, I think, playing a game against Buffalo has been really tough for teams as they come back the next week. It's just hard to get up the, off the mat after playing that team right. the last couple of years. I mean, it's just been brutal. So I, I do think that the, the, they'll, get, they'll get healthy. They'll get some guys back on that defense that they didn't have last week. They're coming off of a loss. They're at home. This is a good spot for them. And now they have a weapon that is going to be very difficult. If McCaffrey plays, they said he'll play in red zone packages. I think that'll be a really hard thing to deal with if you are Kansas City's defense. So as great as Kansas City's defense played last week, to ask them to do that again against a way different team that loves to be more physical, I'm going to take the 49ers to win this game. All right, this next one, you know way more about this stuff than I do. But to me, (laughs) this is the dumb spread of the week. This is the one I just don't get. The Chargers at home are a a five-and-a-half-point favorite against Seattle. And I'm sorry. I know the Chargers won that game last week. I get it. Uh, They're 4-2. and I get it. This Chargers team does not look like a 4-2 and team to me. I don't think they're that good, and I think five-and-a-half points, even at home, is too much against Seattle. I mean, this is, again, just Mr. Incompetent Brandon Staley. If he wasn't playing the hack job, you know, on Monday night, he probably would have lost this game. Right. Uh, Yeah, their, their, their offense is average at best. Their defense, I mean, this guy, I can't harp on it enough and how much this guy has been touted as a defensive wizard and how bad his defense is. I mean, what, I mean, analytically, I mean, PFF says he's good, so he must be true. I mean, it's just, what has he shown on the field that shows you that he's a good defensive coordinator? I just don't see it. And, and Seattle, basically all of the strengths of Seattle, look at what they're doing, not just even passing the football. We know how good of a passing team they are. Right. Running the football, yep, they're averaging 5.3 yards per carry. Right. The Chargers, as we know, per yards per carry is the worst team in the league. They can't stop it. They couldn't stop me. Can't. 
Can't see out. No, that, we would put you at full vaccine, <laughs> and you might get 300 yards. I mean, it would be incredible. They also give up a ton of yards per attempt yep. uh, through the air uh, for, or per play, and Seattle, we know, thrives on explosive plays. Yep. Again, this doesn't make sense to me either. I'm going to fade the Monday night winner. I'll take the Seahawks to win the game outright. Well, we actually agreed on one. You know what? Don't bet on this, folks, because if I agree, they can't be good. Yeah, yeah. I'm sounding nervous now. <laughs> it can't yep. be good. I hope you didn't pick that one on the card. Oh, uh, 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 you'll see. All right. Uh, Monday night, last one. Chicago is at the Patriots. Patriots, seven-and-a-half-point favorite. The word is that Mac Jones is probably going to start for the Patriots. I mean – should he start? Are, are the bear, are, are the are the Bears going to score a touchdown in this game? Well, I well I don't. You wouldn't think. <laughs> I mean, it, it may be. You, a, well, no, you they, wouldn't. No, they may get. They may get a couple of field goals. Yeah, right. I, I'm just not sure how they're going to score. Right. There just doesn't seem like. Now, look, the Patriots might struggle a little bit. Mac Jones first game back, you know, fine. Damian Harris has a shot to play as well. Really? I mean, oh, I didn't sounds see like that. he was really? he was a, he was a full full participant in practice on Thursday. Okay. So you know, there's a chance there that he plays too. So if they're a full healthy go at running back, the receivers are doing much better. I, I hope that Patricia doesn't change the offense back to what they were doing. I, I just gotta believe the pass are gonna just roll them. I mean, just roll them. Move over, Papa Bear Hallis. There's a new sheriff in town. Uh, Bill's going to move in. Bill's going to move into second all time here, and, and the Pats are going to go above 500. Easy win for them. Well, let me ask you a question about this game. And, and I saw this in the Globe, and, and I, I hadn't realized this, but uh, when Mac Jones was playing, the Patriots never used play action. With Bailey Zappi a quarterback, nope. they've been like you know Mister Play Action. You know, should they keep – should that be remain part of what they're doing? Kind of like what you talked about, you know, how they've made some adjustments uh, down in Dallas with the different quarterback. Should some of the things they put in for Bailey Zappi remain there for Mac Jones? I don't think that downfield passing is what this team does well. They don't have the explosive players to do it, you know. So get back to – there's a reason why McDaniels ran the offense the way he did last year and it was successful. Is because that's the Patriots' offense. Right. There's, there's right. not, there's not a like we talked about it. They want to run zone runs and all this stuff. They have to go play action. They have to. Mac was under way too much pressure in the beginning of the year. They have really cleaned that up with Bailey. I, I think that they get back to that, and I think Mac may take him a half or half to you know get his feet back under him. But now they got a full weapons and arsenals and all those things. This should run exactly how it's been running the last couple of weeks. All right, before I let you go, uh, Liberty struggled a bit last week with uh, with an FCS yep. team, but uh, you managed to pull it out. But uh, you guys are going to have to step it up. BYU this week. How's it looking? Yeah. It feels good. Um, you know, some players possibly coming back this week off of injury, so that would be really nice. But, look, this is the biggest game in Liberty football history. Uh, Sold-out crowd for the first time in history against the BYU team that's really formidable, uh, it's going to be an excellent atmosphere. And if you're on, if it's on ESPNU at 3.30, you want to turn that on, you're going to see an absolutely fantastic game. I can't wait. I, and, and I guess you just didn't know. And bowl eligible now, right? Yep, bowl eligible. Yep, fourth year in a row. All right, go Liberty. Dan Zapano here on Sports Country Radio. Dan, enjoy the games this week, and let's uh, let's hope that we improve on two and five. And you've done something you rarely do. You took mostly favorites this week. Five favorites 
Just two dogs. You're usually the other way around. Maybe this is going to help turn you around. Switching it up a little this week. Let's see if we can get it. <laughs> Dan Zapano here on Sports Country Radio. That is going to do it for us here this morning, folks. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Hey, it's Manfred Mann's birthday today. Manfred Mann probably never got so much press as he has since Rob Manfred <laughs> instituted the free runner uh, in extra innings. But Manfred Mann is 82 years old today. On the way out, here's a little Manfred Mann, an old one, called the Mighty Quinn. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.